Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with board certified rheumatologist Dr. Robert E. Goodman of the Arthritis and Rheumatology Clinic and that's right here in Shreveport. Today we're talking about living with lupus. Now before we get started, Dr. Goodman will give us an overview of lupus and for the first 10 minutes of the simulcast. Following that, you can call us with any questions you may have about this condition and you can use the number that later you'll see at the bottom of the screen throughout the show and that's 318-219-4569. Dr. Goodman, thank you so much for being here in the studio with us today. Glad to be here. Let's talk about lupus. Go ahead and, and define again. We talked about it a little bit earlier today, but what is lupus exactly? Well, lupus, Terry, is a systemic autoimmune disease that we don't know the cause of yet, but we're lear learning and understanding a lot more about it so that we can help patients. But in general, in lupus, the immune system makes a mistake and attacks the small joints of the hands, and it can attack the skin and cause a skin rash especially on the area of the skin that um, is exposed to uh, the sun. Uh, in addition to those um, problems that are on the outside that can be seen by the doctor, uh, the rash and the swollen joints, uh, it may also cause problems inside the body and that would be characterized as systemic lupus. Those problems inside the body could include the kidneys, the lining around the heart and lungs, and it could include the blood cells and the blood vessels as well as many other organs causing lupus to present in lots of different ways in uh, different individuals. It's so interesting when we hear something that we don't know the cause of, but we know everything else. We have so much information. Like you said, it's come a long way. And this is Lupus Awareness Month during May, right? Th that's exactly right. We, we're starting to understand that um, as, as you and I are here, our immune system is monitoring our body to make sure that there's not any foreign invaders. And so um, if I were to go out in the sunlight and get a sunburn, my immune system, my skin cells would uh, recycle, be recycled. And as they recycle, they look immunologically a little bit different to my uh, immune system than uh, skin cells that haven't been sunburned. Um, and, and so my skin cells would see these changes in the immune system, in the, in the skin cells that are called, uh, that doctors call apoptosis or apoptosis, this recycling of skin cells. My immune system will look at those cells and says, that's Robert and he just should have worn a sunscreen. But some people, their immune system sees these changes in their skin cells and thinks it's a foreign threat. Uh, threat. Their immune system does not have an immunologic tolerance of this alteration and that can trigger a photosensitive skin rash and that's one of our better understood mechanisms of action in lupus and some people inherit that tendency. And I love that you pointed that out. I'm very visual and every time you paint such a great picture for me, it really is that individual. We need to remind people with medicine in our bodies, our cells really are talking to each other specifically for what's right for our body or what they're used to in our body, right? That's, that's exactly right. And so um, if we get a, a sunburn or if we uh, get um, uh, are dealing with an infection, um, our immune system is uh, our, and if that infection is in our lungs, then our lungs are turning over new cells to replace the old ones that might have been damaged from, say, pneumonia. And uh, that uh, turnover of those cells, that apoptosis, uh, that um, uh, recycling, causes those cells 
to look immunologically different as they go through different stages of recycling. My immune system, because I don't have lupus, I don't have an autoimmune disease, will, be a to will tolerate that change. But those people that are uh, predisposed to get lupus will have that immunologic intolerance. And those, their immune system would say, oh, that's a threat. I need to attack those skin cells. I need to attack those cells in the joint or maybe those tissues in the kidneys because the person who's susceptible to getting lupus might get that immunologic attack triggering uh, damage to the skin, damage to the joints, damage to the kidneys, and some people end up on dialysis as a result of lupus. Right, that's interesting. And what is the age range that usually well, affects it? Uh, well, lupus is a, a, occurs in young women. Uh, it can occur in uh, teenagers and young adult uh, women. It occurs in women about eight or ten times more likely than in men. But it can um, uh, uh, continue to have an onset through the reproductive years. Um, and I frequently see people uh, who might have had uh, a symptom when they were in their 20s and now they're seeing me um, and they're in their 40s and they have a new symptom. And in retrospect, we say, I wonder if this problem that you had when you were 28 years old um, uh, is tied into the lupus that we're seeing today when you're 38 years right. old. Right, wow. And we talk about mostly it's women, but also men, can, can men get lupus? Men can get lupus, but um, men um, uh, in most series will say that women get lupus about eight to one or 10, 10 women to every man. And there seems to be uh, a, a protective, uh, uh, male hormones uh, are protective and uh, female hormones um, may trigger that immunologic intolerance. Uh, mm. that can cause these autoimmune diseases because there's also this um, predilection for women in other autoimmune diseases, specifically rheumatoid arthritis as well. Oh, that's true. It's so interesting how our different hormones in our bodies do different things. Like you just said, the exactly. males will protect and the women's do something else to our bodies. That's that survival, that whole survival thing that we do. So what are the symptoms for lupus? Well, the symptoms for lupus can be, um, the classic symptoms can be a skin rash on the areas of the body Body exposed to the sun and if uh, it's our face it would be on our cheeks and our nose and it would look like a butterfly if it was uh, on our body that uh, would be sun exposed areas and it would be little uh, spots that doctors call macules that are about the size of my pinky or about the size of a pencil eraser and um, when we look at that uh, area microscopically it's those white blood cells are are going in and attacking a skin cell or a group of skin cells that have been altered by uh, sunlight. Um, it can also uh, attack the kidneys and that can lead to problems with um, uh, swelling in the ankles, uh, problems with losing protein in the blood uh, and so forth. So uh, uh, it can be a very myriad uh, of uh, diseases of, of appearances. And, and I was uh, fascinated when I was a medical student that lupus can cause one person's blood to clot too little and they have easy bleeding and easy bruising, but another person's blood can clot too much due to the same disease, the same disease lupus. And we, um, uh, we knew that in a rudimentary way years ago, but we're learning more and more about how can this happen and what can we do to make the patient better, to help them? Can we identify the person who's gonna 
clot too much and put them on a blood thinner? Can we uh, interact with the patient who might have some of these markers in lab tests that have developed recently uh, to put them on medicines to prevent early mild lupus from progressing to being aggressive, severe lupus that is putting you on dialysis? That is just so interesting that it can be that different in two individuals. And is it, and I'm, that's what you're learning, I guess, whether it's lifestyle or, or culture or surroundings. I mean, that's really interesting how it can be so drastically different. Well, we, you know, a, a lot of it is is that inheritance, yeah. and um, and so if you uh, and uh, doctors would say lupus is multigenetic. That is, there are several gene uh, markers that seem to put you at an increased risk for lupus. And if uh, if you had a brother and sister, and um, they are both in their, their early 20s, and the brother and sister have the same immunologic markers in their immune system, that sister the, uh, would be the one, the female would be the one that would be more likely to get lupus, and her chances of get lupus would be eight times or 10 times that of her brother. Wow, and so since the symptoms do vary so considerably, how is it diagnosed? Well, it's diagnosed by being on your toes as a <laughs> clinician, um, by getting out that awareness and by um, if you if we ha see some of the symptoms that could be lupus that don't have another explanation there are lab tests that can be uh, uh, circumstantial evidence that um, uh, a person might have lupus one of the oldest lab tests is called an anti-nuclear antibody test or ANA and then there are other subtests of the ANA that ask the question is this patient developing antibodies to the DNA in their skin? Are they developing antibodies to a marker uh, that um, is in, involved with a blood clotting cascade? Are they developing antibodies to their platelets? Um, if they're developing that marker to the blood clotting cascade, they may cause the blood clot too much. If they are uh, developing antibodies to their platelets, they may cause the platelets to be removed by the spleen and cause a person to bleed too much. So it's just a fascinating disease, um, and uh, it, it is something that we really want to be on top of, want to be thinking about uh, so that that patient that does have lupus, uh, we can recognize it early and interact early to help a person have uh, uh, the most normal life that po is possible. Right, which is really something that we want to talk about too more extensively. That um, is there people, um, is it common? It sounds like it's a lot. Is it a common uh, diagnosis, a common disease? And is it, who gets affected more? Is it any parts of the area, parts of the United States or? Um, it is, um, uh, it tends to be uh, about one person about 18 or 1900. So, um, uh, you know, at Bird High School, there are about uh, uh, 500 kids that will graduate each year. So there's about 2000 children at Bird High School. Uh, so. Um, if you put it in perspective, a large high school, a large church in the Arklatex will have at least one, maybe two patients with lupus. Oh boy, that's an interesting perspective. That says it right there. And that does feel kind of common though. That really does. And, and, and then there's a lab test for lupus, that ANA lab test will be positive in about 5% of the population. Um, and that says, let's be on alert 
and look at that 5% of the population that has that positive ANA and, and look for other findings of lupus. And it's very much like a detective putting together more and more pieces of a diagnostic puzzle to come together and make a diagnosis of lupus. Okay. And what are the risk factors for having lupus? Well, the risk factor is if you have family members um, with lupus, if you have, uh, if you're female, uh, and if you have some of these positive lab tests. One of them is the ANA, and then there are some other lab tests that are more commonly available to doctors in, in the Arklatex and, and nationwide. Okay, we have a caller for you. Alrighty. Teresha, thank you for calling. What's your question for Dr. Goodman? Well, my question is about my right foot. Uh, about a month ago, I've had swelling and redness and tenderness on that ankle part from the end of my toe to the beginning of my ankle. I've been to the doctor like three times, and they haven't gave me a diagnosis of what it could be. They have ruled out gout. Um... I can't remember the other thing, but it's not that because my blood panel levels are normal. Uh, when I walk, I can't, I can't bend my foot. Uh, Tricia, the uh, gout is one of those diseases that can cause um, pain and swelling in an ankle or pain and swelling in a big toe. Uh, women don't get a gout as much as men. Uh, uh, lupus is a possibility, but is way down the list. Um, uh, uh, higher on the list is um, if a person had um, a tendonitis of the ankle, maybe they had a sprained ankle. Uh, you could have wear and tear arthritis that is known as osteoarthritis. Occasionally, um, uh, if it's the ankle plus pretty soon it develops in the small joints of the hands, um, then that would be somebody that might have rheumatoid arthritis. If it developed in the ankle, and then the small joints of the hands and somebody had a rash when they were out in the sun, uh, as uh, Terry and I have been talking about, that would be somebody that might have lupus. But um, uh, there are a myriad of uh, diseases that can cause arthritis in that ankle. There's about 100 types of arthritis, believe it or not, and probably 10 or 15 of them could cause uh, arthritis in that ankle. It does take a little bit of detective work. Go back to your primary care doctor, and if he thinks uh, you need to see uh, another health care professional, he may send you to a rheumatologist, he may send you to an orthopedic surgeon to try to figure it out if it doesn't, doesn't go away fairly quickly. Yes, sir. Thank, yes, sir. thank you for the call. Thank you very much. So let's talk about, that's really interesting. I was going to ask you too, are there any certain parts of the body, just like Tricia talked, that it might start or is there specific places it'll start the, or is it always always with the skin that's in the sun? You, but. You, you can always, if you say always about lupus, you're, you're, you're always going to be wrong. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and uh, lupus can be very varied, but the typical case of lupus, their arthritis, uh, as Tricia was talking about, is not going to start in the ankle so much. It's going to start in these small joints of the hands, like we call these the metacarpal phalangeal joints and the wrist and the uh, proximal inner phalangeal joints. So starting in the joints of both hands, uh, lupus can do that. Rheumatoid arthritis is more common and it would do the same thing as could psoriatic arthritis. So if you had several swollen joints in the hands, lupus could be on the list of possible causes, but 
rheumatoid and psoriatic arthritis would be higher on the list. It would be that person that had the skin rash that, um, and then lab tests and other features of lupus that would give us the clue. Okay, you're right. Can't say always with lupus, can we? All right, Judith, thank you for calling. What's your question for Dr. Goodman? I have so many things wrong with me, uh, and I, I really feel like I don't know whether to even go any further with trying to deal with my lupus. Um, but is your when you have lupus, people talk. Doctors shouldn't all talk about. You have a weakened immune system. Does lupus weaken your your immune system, or is does it empower it to do harm to your body? Well, thanks for that call. It it really um, it is that the immune system does not have tolerance in your in the lupus patient's body that uh, is tolerated by uh, other uh, people. I use the example of um, a sunburn. If a, a person who doesn't have lupus gets uh, sun exposure, their immune system will tolerate the change in their body from the sun exposure. Uh, but a person with lupus, their immune system has an intolerance and then it will overact or overreact to, the, to your own skin cells, um, behaving as if uh, um, the immune system is acting like there's an infection or a virus in those skin cells when there really isn't. It's really just uh, a normal process of uh, recycling of skin cells. And um, so it is that the immune system makes a mistake and can damage the skin cells or damage the inner lining of the joints or damage kidneys, blood vessels, platelets, Blood, uh, white blood cells and a variety of other parts of the body um, because the immune system makes a, a mistake and identifies um, and instead of identifying normal skin cells or changing skin cells or changing joint uh, tissue it uh, I mistakenly identifies it as a threat that it needs to uh, to fight and damage. I hope that's helpful uh, in, in explaining that nuance. Uh, Judith, you might want to turn down your my television. My family is rife with... Uh, immune, autoimmune problems. I had a brother who died with... Um, autoimmune glomerulonephritis. One has had um, ulcerative colitis and has had to have his whole colon, everything removed and replaced. Uh, I don't know, I'm 81 years old and I don't know whether to keep on trying to find out what to do or just let it go. Well, um, if it's causing you symptoms, go ahead and uh, start with your primary care doctor, but then uh, he may uh, uh, suggest uh, referring you to a rheumatologist, especially if the problem is in the joints. You might end up starting with a dermatologist if it's in the skin. And if it's in the colon, in the um, uh, like your brother, uh, that might be um, a uh, gastroenterologist 
many disciplines of medicine take care of different autoimmune diseases. Rheumatology, uh, we might be on a team with other doctors, and that other uh, group of doctors would start with your primary care physician. It might also uh, move on to a dermatologist if the skin is being attacked. It might be uh, a gastroenterologist if the colon or the uh, small intestines are being attacked. And uh, a rheumatologist can also be part of that team. We're not going to take over that team uh, because we have to work uh, with the other uh, members of that team to see is this autoimmune problem uh, lupus or is it uh, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. It sounds like if you had a family history that ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease would be higher on the list. However, uh, the risk factors for lupus tend to be, lupus tends to start when you're in your 20s. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get lupus at, at age 81, but it might be another autoimmune disease. But if, if it's causing you symptoms, start with your primary care doctor. Uh, you can ask them, um, and uh, I uh, and other rheumatologists look for autoimmune diseases in all ages, whether it's lupus, whether it might be rheumatoid arthritis. And if we find that it is related to ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, we would be handing that patient off or working hand in hand with a gastroenterologist. If we find it's more of a nephritis that you're describing, we might be working with a, a nephrologist. There are uh, lupus can cause inflammation of the of the uh, kidneys that is called nephritis. Uh, usually it's going to occur with nephritis plus skin rashes plus swollen joints plus other features of lupus. But you can get an isolated nephritis that is uh, an autoimmune disease as well. There are two or three of those autoimmune diseases and I think Terry and I have talked about one of them. It's called um, ANCA-associated vasculitis that can cause uh, inflammation of the kidneys or a nephritis, and there are, uh, but sometimes uh, it might be working with a gastroenterologist uh, or working with a nephrologist, depending on which organ is being attacked by the immune system. I hope that's helpful to you. I have, thank you. I have lost the kidney to renal cell carcinoma. And uh, I, I just have a lot of stress in my life, and uh, I have some uh, problems with lumps that come up in my neck and shoulders, and my have pain there in my hips, my knees, my back. I, I so, just don't know. So there's how a myriad of things. I, there's a myriad of things that, and so, and there's a myriad of. Uh, conditions that can cause the neck and back pain probably not going to be lupus but rheumatologists uh, are the are one of the specialties that does that medical detective work and if you want to um, uh, ask your uh, primary care physician or be referred to see me you can uh, call our office and our, um, our office is in Shreveport and that is uh, 318-424-9242 Four two four nine two four zero, and that would be, you know, figuring out. Um, it, do you have everyday arthritis, and you had a brother with nephritis that, and you don't have an autoimmune disease, but more wear and tear arthritis? That could be the most likely outcome, but. Um, that medical detective work is, uh, is done by a rheumatologist and it's, it may be started with your primary care doctor, but 
I'll be glad to try to evaluate that to see if we can uh, help you. I don't think, uh, I think the chances of you getting glomerulonephritis or Crohn's disease at this point is pretty remote because you've had some years of exposure uh, to the same um, uh, environment that your brother had and you didn't develop any of those things. The uh, renal cell carcinoma, however, is probably unrelated to your brother's nephritis uh, or to your brother's Crohn's disease. Thank you so much for calling Judith. We wish you well. Thanks, that was really Judith. some great information, wasn't it? And we have Dorothy on the line for you now. Dorothy, what is your question for Dr. Goodman? I've, I've been suffering with pain my hip my toes. I've been to uh, an orthopedic doctor and they thought maybe it was bursitis. They gave me a shot of cortisone and that did not do anything. Uh, just wondering what could possibly be the issue. Um, I heard uh, bursitis and you got a shot of cortisone after seeing an orthopedic surgeon, uh, but um, I, you, there was a little bit of a breakup in what of, uh, the other part of your uh, history. Uh, however, rheumatologists do see people with bursitis. Sometimes people with bursitis, if, the, if it's in a multitude of areas, uh, it can be uh, not just bursitis in a local area, but it can be spread all over the body, and that can be a soft tissue problem called uh, fibromyalgia. That's uh, a possibility. The term bursa uh, mean, in Latin means sac or sac-like structure, um, and in accounting, the bursar's office is where they keep the sacks of money. In anatomy, the bursa is a sac-like structure where muscles and tendons, like at the hips and shoulders, go around a corner. If that bursa is inflamed, we uh, medical doctors put the suffix ITIS on the end of the word and call it bursitis. Um, and um, a lot of times, rheumatologists do uh, try to figure out patients who might have those kinds of symptoms as well. But I'm not sure that I could uh, diagnose that uh, diagnose that over the television, and I wouldn't attempt to. But um, those kinds of uh, things, you might start off with your primary care. And again, um, if the orthopedic surgeon hasn't been helpful, sometimes a rheumatologist can can get you to a better answer. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your information. Well, thanks for your call. Yes, thank you so much for calling. And before we wrap things up, Dr. Goodman, since Judith brought up something, if Judith decided to get treatment or someone else wanted treatment, how is lupus treated? Well, lupus is treated if, if the problem is a person is having an autoimmune attack right now, and if we don't do something, they're going to be really sick or have uh, organ-threatening or life-threatening complications in the next few weeks. The first medicine that is reached for are the steroid medications because those are those push back on the immune system, and they can push back on the immune system in an amount of hours to a day or two. So various sick patients with lupus might be treated with steroids, and steroids were one of the first uh, medicines indicated by the FDA. But quickly, we want to move away from steroids because they have a lot of complications. The anti-malarial called hydroxychloroquine or Plaquenil is a next mainstay in treating lupus. Um, there are other medicines that uh, we have borrowed from the kidney um, doctors, the organ transplant doctors that are transplant rejection medicines. One of them is called Imuran. Another one is called Myclofenomoflatil. But more recently, we have specific medicines for lupus that block the B lymphocytes and a B lymphocyte blocker is uh, called Benlista that was approved by the 
uh, by the Food and Drug Administration about five years ago, and just a year ago, um, um, a medicine called Safnola uh, that um, uh, works on the T lymphocyte side. All these medicines are pushing back on the immune system to try to push back in a safer way than the steroids. Steroids are helpful at first, but they have a lot of side effects, so we, we want to move on to these other medications to wisely push back on that immune system. So it really is just really keeping a watch on it and stay closely and communicate with your doctors and Ex and I know what's going on. That's exactly yeah. right. So it's an ongoing uh, process uh, in controlling and treating lupus, but we're a lot better. Rheumatology uh, and medicine in general is a lot better at doing this than we were just five or seven or ten years ago. That's right. In fact, uh, you have shared with me before that it's not curable, but it'll go into remission. And that means that 80 to 90 percent of those diagnosed can expect to live a normal life. Is that right? That's right. Very close to normal life. They may be going to see uh, their rheumatologist. They may be taking medicines regularly, but uh, they can uh, live very close to a normal life. Okay. Uh, Dr. Goodman, this has just been wonderful. Before we let you go, go ahead and let's give your phone number out one more time. Um, uh, my office is in Treeport uh, at 740 Jordan Street. The phone number is 318-424-9240, uh, and we are on the internet uh, at arthdoc.com uh, and on Facebook forward slash arthdoc. You're just everywhere, thank goodness. We can well, just thanks. find out all kinds. And I want to thank you again, too. You always bring us, we always talk about after our time with you, we feel so well-informed, and you work in these wonderful historic facts with medicine and how things come to be. So thank you so much for always sharing so much of your time with us. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and I hope this gives the public a little bit more awareness. We can do a lot for lupus nowadays. It is not a death sentence by any means go ahead, reach out to your primary care doctor, maybe see a rheumatologist if you think you might have lupus. Right, it's so great, and you'll be sharing more information with us with KTBS later, I'm sure. And since it is Lupus Awareness Month during the month of May, there's information out there. And whatever you find out, if you have a question, then take it to your doctor, right? That's exactly right. right. Thank Thanks. you so much. Everyone, thank you so much for watching us today. Enjoy your afternoon. We'll see you next time on Healthline 3.